We're talking about uh, walking in the Spirit, I guess running in the Spirit. We're talking about walking in the Spirit this summer, and uh, we are in part number five, week number five of walking in the Spirit. We've talked already about uh, choosing to walk in the fruits of the Spirit as opposed to the acts of the flesh, and so we want to choose love and joy and peace and patience and walk in that as opposed to selfishness or sexual morality or jealousy or all these other things. Uh, but we get to choose every day which way we walk, right? We get to choose every day which way we walk, and so we want to walk uh, fruits of the Spirit, walk with the Spirit. Uh, major way that we do that is we draw close to the Father. Some simple things, prayer, read our Bible, go to church, hang out with other Christians. Uh, if we're mature Christians, this should be natural to us. If you're first starting off, these are, these are great ways to get your walk started with the Lord. Pray, read your Bible, go to church, hang out with other Christians. Then the next week, walking is motion. No one sits in the Spirit. Amen? There's no sitting in the Spirit. There is walking in the Spirit. And so if we are walking in the Spirit, He is going to take us to do good works. And so we are going to do things like serve in the church, or we're going to show empathy to those who are outside, or whatever it may be. Now those things don't save us. Serving in children's ministry doesn't save us. But it should push us to do things like that. Does that make sense? So we are, the, the, our faith is not just a dead faith, but it is in motion to do what he wants us to do. Uh, then last week, we talked about how the, it's hard to be led by the Spirit if we're the ones walking in front. And so when we uh, go to pray over things, we do not pray, God bless the stuff we're doing. We ask God, what do you want us to do? And that's a different prayer. It's a, it's a different mindset. It's a different thing. But if we want to be led by the Spirit, we can't just walk ahead of Him and say, God, bless my stuff, bless my stuff. We have to walk, uh, follow Him in the way that uh, He walks. Today, um, we're going to talk about walking in power. Walking in power. There are too many Christians who just try to kind of make it. There are too many Christians, I think, that, well, I'm trying my best. I mean, everybody sins, right? And they're just like trying, they're, they're doing this, and it's, it's a defeatist attitude. It's this attitude of defeat. Well, we're just living in the world, and it's tough out here, and there's just stuff going on. You know any of these people? Don't touch the person next to you, okay? Uh, but these, uh, some of these, it's just, there's already that victim mentality. Well, I'm just trying. I'm just doing my best. We, work, we walk in power. Do we know that the power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us? And so why in the world would we choose to be weak in ourselves and choose these acts of the flesh? But actually, we walk in power, all right? So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I'll have it up there on the screen for you. Um, this is uh, some of the, the why we need to walk in power and in the Spirit's power, not just our own power, but in the Spirit's power. So first, let me give you just a couple of verses of where this ability comes from. In Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter and John had, had uh, prayed for a blind man, and uh, the, the, the religious leaders said, hey, by what power are, do you do this? See, those people, the religious leaders, they were good at preaching sermons, they just weren't good at doing things of the Lord, right? And so they said, by what power are you doing this? What in the, what in the world's going on here? And he says, by the power of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. He like threw it at him. It was great. I wish I would have been there. Um, so he says, that's by the power, the power of Jesus Christ. 
Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being, misunderstood, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. It is very popular to talk about uh, the Big Bang or evolution or whatever you want to talk about. But it has been evident from the beginning of time, his power. And he says, just look around. There are people walking around. There are trees that are growing. We are just close enough to the sun to keep us warm, but without burning us up. Like There was a, a design put into this solar system and universe. Do you know that? And we look around at this, and we have no excuse. Really, Romans 1 and 2 talks about this. We have no excuse. Look around, and we see God in everything. John 14. Believe me, this is Jesus' words, when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. He says, you see the things I've been doing? We've been healing lame and blind and raising Lazarus, and we've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you not see the power of God in work in the things that we're doing? Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Come on, greater things? He, he says, actually, you want me to go because right now I'm, I'm one man and I'm doing uh, this miracle and this miracle. But if I leave and the Holy Spirit is in a million of us, a billion of us, then all of us are out doing all the works of the Lord. And so that's these greater things uh, uh, than me because there's many Christians going out and doing all these things. The power comes from the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, get to work it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's, say it with me, power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You wonder why I give so much scripture in my sermons. I don't normally just like read a verse and then talk for 40 minutes, okay? I give a lot of scripture because I want you to be changed by the word of God, not just because I came up with a good illustration. That's not going to last you. You know, you might leave here going, oh, that was a really good illustration. And then you forget that a day later. But it's his word that will not return void, right? So his word is what changes us. So I give a lot of scripture. Hope you are okay with that. Or, and if you're not, here comes some more scriptures. So, because that's what I believe changes us, the word of God. Not my eloquent speech, which is <laughs> just then is not very good. So there you go. It's not my persuasive words. It is the power of the word of God. Now, this manifests itself in different ways. Many times when we think of God's power, we think of miracles or healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that we should see miracles and healing if the power of God lives inside of us. Amen? I think we should see miracles and healing. But it also comes in so many different ways and in spiritual, in spiritual ways that we're going to look at here and this, i got to be honest with you, this, this clicked for me this week, um, or, or last week, and this week and last week as I was preparing this. This clicked for me, and, I, and, and I, my prayer these last two weeks have that this clicks for you. I think it's going to click for somebody. Because you've heard all, all those verses you've heard, and you've certainly heard, if you've been in church more than 15, 20 times, you've heard Ephesians 6 and what we're going to talk about. You've heard it. 
it just, it clicked for me different. And my prayer is that it clicks for somebody here different here today. Why we walk with the Spirit's power. Why do we walk with the Spirit's power? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Not strong in me, not in my mighty power, but strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Who are we up against? The devil's schemes. And so we have to put on the full armor of God. Now the armor is going to give us a a physical help and an illustration of what that looks like. But this is spiritual things that we're talking about. Why? Because verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are not fighting each other, church. We are not fighting each other. We are fighting the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call them, okay? That's who we are fighting. And we are not fighting each other. It's not all the Methodists over there, whatever. No, 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 we're on the same team. Okay? We're on the same team. We love Jesus together. Listen, we don't fight each other in the church. We do not fight each other in the church. You can look at somebody and say, well, they just just get on my nerves. And we just fight and fight and fight with each other. What in the world? We are on the same. We're not fighting flesh and blood. It's not with each other. We're fighting the devil and his schemes. Some of you may say, I get in your way. Well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to get in your way, okay? It's not flesh and blood. Listen, it's very easy to say, well, this, this new generation, they just don't know stuff. And to get mad at the younger generation because they don't do things the way that we used to do or whatever it may be. You're not fighting the younger generation. They are not your enemy. You are fighting a Satan that is trying to tempt them to divert their eyes on anything else, social media, whatever it may be, and not on the things of God. That's who you're fighting. You're not fighting them. What good is it to talk bad about the younger generation when us as mature people, we are to help them and to bring them along? They are not our enemy. At the same time, the old people aren't the enemy either, young people. I'm not sure which camp I'm in. I'm going to go, you know. The old people aren't the problem either. Well, if those old people will just get out of our way, we're just trying to do stuff. They're not the problem either. They are not your enemy. There are good people to learn from and to model a life after. People who have prayed and blood, sweat, and tears to get the church to where it is today. And we are so thankful for them. We are not at odds with each other. The young, the old, the male, the female, the whoever. We are not at odds against each other. We are fighting spiritual battles. And too many times we are trying to fight physical wars and physical battles and have physical solutions to things when Satan's just laughing because he is fighting a spiritual battle, which is way above our physical battle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
It is against Satan. Verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Here's the deal. You say, boy, you're talking a lot about prayer in a uh, sermon series on walking in the Spirit. I thought it was going to be more about like doing stuff. I'm talking about prayer, okay? When we come to walking in the Spirit, we undervalue prayer so much, I believe. Because we want to do stuff, and guess what? That's physical stuff. We're trying to overcome the evil of this world with physical things. And there's, there's a time for physical things, but we've got to get on our knees and pray the spiritual battle first. So, 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 so many times... Before we actually do the act of stealing, we've lost a spiritual battle already in our heart. Before you do the act of of a sexual immorality act, you've actually lost the battle spiritual on the front end because you're not spending time with the Lord. So when that opportunity comes, when the day of evil comes, you're not strong in the Lord and you can't fight off that temptation. So you physically sin because you've already lost the battle spiritually. And we don't know when the day of evil comes. So we pray and we read our Bible. And sometimes we'll pray and we'll read our Bible. And we'll go, well, I mean, that was fine. I'm not sure what that did for me. I don't know. But you read it again and you read it again and you read it again because you don't know when the day of evil comes. You don't know and I don't know. What if something, and I'm not forecasting here, but what I'm saying is, what if something was to happen to you and your family a month from now, if you're not spending time with the Lord and spiritually getting strong in Him, you're not going to know how to handle the situation. And you're going to completely break down, and you're not going to spend any time with the Lord for a month. Something happens, you go, God, where are you? He's like, I've been here the whole time. Talk to me. I'm trying to get you ready for the day of evil. And we don't know when it's coming. We don't know it. We know it, that it's coming. In this world, you will have trouble. But if he's the one that's overcome the world, why are we not spending time with him more often? We have to fight the spiritual battle before we fight the physical battle. And we try to go in and fight spiritual battles with physical means. It's just not going to work. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So he starts off, here's how you fight battles, the truth. And you're like, what? Shouldn't we like be out doing stuff? Shouldn't we canvas? And shouldn't we, you know, we got to be doing stuff, right? In the spirit world, I'm going to go ahead and say, we don't quite understand the spiritual world. We don't know how powerful truth is in the spiritual realm that it dispels all lie. Who is the father of lies? Satan. Satan. If you bring truth in a situation, the father of lies has to leave. There are things going on in our world today where spiritual mentors have failed the people who are coming up behind them. And you hear reports that breaks our hearts. 
This pastor or this organization, whatever, covered up the sins of a leader because of what they did to a minor or whatever it may be. You've you've heard these. What would truth have done in that situation? It would have covered up the lies. Or it would have uncovered, excuse me, it would have uncovered the lies. And so what was, had been going on for so long, people will cover up because, well, he's a good man or he's done so much for the kingdom. If we tell the truth, that would hurt the kingdom of God. That's, that's physical thinking. That's not spiritual thinking. There are victims in situations like this that the truth needs to come out. The truth needs to come out. And when the truth comes out, that is good for everybody because the wolves in sheep's clothes are put behind bars or they lose their job, which they should. And the victims get the reconciliation with the Lord that they need to have. Truth is a mighty weapon in the spiritual realm. Mightier than you think. So when he is going through these things of here's how we fight battles, when you first look at it, you go, I'm not sure how that's going to fight a battle. Tell me how truth would fight a battle in that situation. It would bring to light and it would stop the physical pain that's going on. It would stop the line of victims that would be coming forward, right? With the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate is something that covers up your heart. So when we choose righteousness over unrighteousness, what can seep in and get to our heart and get to our desires and get to the things that we choose to do? When we choose unrighteousness, we take the breastplate off. It's now we are open for every fiery dart that's going to come our way because we're choosing unrighteousness. But when we choose righteousness, we have something to stand against that. Here comes the temptation, it stops. Of course, we've got the shield of faith coming up in just a minute, and that helps as well. But that breastplate of righteousness keeps us, keeps our heart safe with our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Here's how you fight a battle, peace. You're like, really? Peace. Think of, think of a, a church Think of a family, think of a business, think of anything where there's chaos that goes on. And you're not sure who's the leader or what the leader's doing, or you're not sure what's going on behind the scenes. You're not sure that, and there's chaos and nothing seems to be working right. What if you were to breathe peace into that situation? Man, a church, it, 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 boy, boy, does that destroy a church. When the church starts talking, about each other like this that causes confusion and that causes turmoil. Now all of a sudden people like me have to run around putting fires out in the church as opposed to the church's mission, which is to go out and to seek and save those that are lost. Think about that. If there's chaos inside the church, then the church can't do its actual mission to go out and to reach the people who were lost. So what if we had peace in these four walls. Boy, now we got an army going. We go outside and we bring people to Christ. Peace. Peace. What if we put peace and in the spiritual realm, 
I mean, you know, at, at the beginning, you get the presence of God that was hovering above the waters. Let there be light. There was chaos, the Bible said. There was chaos there. Let there be light. Now we have borders. We have order. God is a God of order. Peace. What does that bring to our spiritual situa- situation? In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. There it is. Our faith, when we step out and have faith, any temptation that comes our way, we block it with that shield of faith. How does faith, how does that help us fight a battle? What's the, what's the opposite of faith? Being blown by whatever new preacher comes along, or whatever new thought comes along, or whatever new, you're just blown, shifting shadows, going all over the place. But when we have, we have faith, and this is my shield this is my faith. Then whatever tries to come and shoots arrows at us, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So you, you keep on reading. Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. You know what team that you're on. I'm on team Jesus when I put that salvation on. We fight in the spiritual realm by accepting God's salvation. And then the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. See, I, I like how he says that the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. Would you go into battle without a weapon? Would you go into any battle without a weapon? There was that, that movie. I can't remember what, what movie that it was, but they were running low on supplies. So they had a line of people, and they were going off into the front line. And so they would hand the first guy a gun, and he would run, and then he would hand the next guy a, 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 some bullets. And so it was like he's holding bullets, and then they're like, go! And so he just runs out there with bullets. And the next guy gets a gun, and the next guy gets a bullet. And the idea was, was when the guy with a gun got shot, then you could pick up his gun. And it's like, <laughs> the look on the people's face, I can't remember what movie it was, the look on the people's face is like, I'm supposed to run out on the front lines with bullets? Why in the world would we walk into this world without our weapon? If we are not reading the word of God, reading the word of God, i got to hurry. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. This is the, this is the, the, drum, that, the drum that I'm banging on is prayer and pray these spiritual battles. We do not understand what is going on in the spiritual realm. So then we have to take the advice of our general. And he says, pray. And he says, get on your knees. And this is how you fight your battles. You pray and you read your Bible and you sing praises to God. And we say thank you to God for that. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. If you want to walk in the Spirit, pray, read your Bible, because we're not just walking in the physical road. We are walking in the Spirit. And so therefore, we are fighting spiritual forces. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, last verse. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Church, we are fighting spiritual battles, not physical ones. And so if we're going to fight spiritual battles, that's why we get alone in our prayer closet or we come to prayer night or we come to church and we read our Bible because there are spiritual things that are going on that we don't understand and that we don't know. And our battle is not with each other, flesh and blood. It is against the father of lies, the powers of this world, the authorities of this world. That's who we are fighting 
And if we can remember that, we can win this battle. We can win this battle. Can we stand here together? We're going to go into a time of worship. Listen, this is one of the things that we do to fight. You say, we sing songs? Yes, we sing songs. This is the way. This is the way that we fight our battles. When we sing, when we worship, when we lift our hands, we feel the Spirit. When we, we can walk out of here knowing that Christ is with us, knowing that His Holy Spirit is walking with us. 